Thank you, Lord. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 20. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for every person. Lord, touch them right now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And we thank you, Lord, that you fill us up, Lord, that you can pour us out in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I just want to say um, that, um, you know, it's so awesome to hear all the great testimonies of all the um, souls that have been saved. And so different ones, um, John, Rama, I mean, every one of you guys. And um, um, it's so awesome to hear. Amen. And so keep it up. Keep up the good work and, and um, you know. That, that's how Dickinson saved, is, is, is one household at a time, one job site at a time. Amen? They don't just all come flowing in here, and uh, we have to go out and grab them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But Proverbs 20, verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle. Now, the margin of my Bible says this, the lamp. Now, you know, this is before electricity, so we might say even today the light bulb of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. So what he's saying is God is going to use your spirit to lead you in life. God is going to use you, the inside of you, your spirit. How many know you are a spirit? You know, you don't, sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, I have a spirit. No, you don't have a spirit. You are a spirit. If you died right now, and, and you know the Lord, you, you would just step out of your body and you step out and you, you, you go to be with the Lord. You know, you, you don't just float around. You know, there's no one floating around from the 1700s. You know, oh, guess who I saw? You know, I saw Attila the Hun, you know. I saw, you know, this one. You know, no one is, is, is. now if, if people see different manifestations of that, it's, it's what we call familiar spirits. Spirits that were familiar with those people. They were, they're more familiar with people than their mama. They know things about that their mom and dad didn't know about them. And so that's why, that's why the Bible is, forbids us to even deal with uh, wizards and, uh, and witches and things like that. People don't even know what they're yielding to. And, th- and that's such a stronghold in this town. Witches and, and um, witchcraft. But if people saw what they're yielding to, I, I think for three days they would throw up and be aghast at what it is. Why? Because demons are not nice. And that's, that's the work of demons. God's got a better um, situation for us. We don't have to go and, and call the 1-900 number. I don't even know if it's the same it is now. I hadn't watched regular TV in so long. But, but you know, it used to be like every other commercial back 20 years ago, was, was 1-900, you know, psychic. And, you know, call this and, um, you know, do you, need, do you need direction in life, you know? Well, I, I can have direction, and it's by the Holy Ghost. You know, when you look at it, how many remember Saul? Saul was a, uh, the first king of Israel, but he got into trouble, and he, got, he backslid and got away from God. At the end of his life, he's even consulting witches and so that's not what God has for us you know God even in the New Testament we don't even have to go to a prophet now thank God don't we sometimes you know we talk about these things and people think well you don't you don't acknowledge um, the prophetic no we acknowledge it there are apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers today but the Lord didn't put prophets in the church to guide the church as many as are led, we're going to look at this verse in a moment. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can go ahead and turn over to uh, Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. So I want to share just for a few minutes tonight about learning to obey my conscience. Now we could say, uh, we could also use the word spirit. I mean, I was looking at several different titles you could put on that, but one of the most important things you'll ever learn in life is how to be led by the Spirit of God. You know, it's, but in the church world, it's such a foreign concept. I mean, just think about it. How many messages when you, 
maybe your favorite, um, I mean, besides, I know some of the, the ministers that some of you guys listen to um, outside that, you know, actually feed your spirit, and they would mention some of the spirit of God. We are to be spirit-led. Look at Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now that's male sons and female sons. He's just talking about, you know, sons of God, so male and female. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself, or a better translation of that would be Himself. Most modern translations will say that. It's, it means the self-same Spirit. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. And, you know, I could break this down much more, but I'm just kind of condensing this down as just an overall subject tonight. But any of these points you could just take and, and, and preach a week on. But suffice it to say, we're supposed to be spirit-led in our lives. As many as are led by the Spirit. Everyone say led by the Spirit. So we're supposed to be spirit-led. How many know that's different than being head-led? That's different than being feeling-led. How many times have we gotten in trouble because... Well, I just feel this way, you know, you know, or, or, you know, people even like maybe, maybe something happened and they're just, they're not feeling up to par spiritually. And so they, they think God left them or they think, you know, I'm backslid or whatever, but your, your, your feelings come and go sometimes. Now I will tell you this. Most of the time you should be like bouncing. I mean, like now you should be in a place where, you know, your fellowship with God is, you know, it's going to affect your feelings. It's, you're going to be full of joy. How many know that joy should, should affect you? That's, that's your feelings. It affects your feelings. Well, you know, brother, I'm just not that emotional. But the Bible talks about a cheerful countenance. It's going to affect your face. Amen. If it's not affecting your face, you need to notify your face. Amen. Give your, you know, smile a little bit. Brighten up. Give your face a rest. Amen. So we're not supposed to be head-led or feeling-led. We're not even supposed to be money-led. How many times do people make a decision based on money? Have you ever made a decision and think, you know, I'm going to save some money. And then after you replace it the third time, you're like, I should have just bought the one that was. Because who knows, the Lord would have given you a good deal on that other. But you never did step out to, to say, I'm going to believe God for that. Amen. So it's always better just to be led by the Spirit in what He does. Sometimes Christians even think like that. Well, well, definitely God would want me to get the cheaper deal. Not necessarily. <laughs> when it breaks apart and then you're, you're, you're replacing it again. So we're not to be money-led. We're not supposed to be opportunity-led in life. Well, you know, it's a great opportunity and, and, and surely I should do that, you know. You know, people have moved you know, totally across the country for $3 an hour. Take their, their family out of a good church. Take them out of a good, um, job, you know, situation otherwise, but just to make a little more money. And so we all have done that. We've all been opportunity-led at some point. You know, you look back and it's like you have something on the inside. Don't do that or, or do this. Stay here. Just stay put. And so don't just be led by opportunities in life. How I many know, you know, if you were led by opportunities, you could have done a hundred different things in life. You know, I'm sure I could have, I mean, I was a music minister. I could have stayed on in that church I was at. I could have done any number of things. You know, my wife and I could have, uh, we were thinking about moving into Alabama and, and, and getting involved in different things. And then we stayed in Tampa. You know, we were thinking about all kinds of things. We just kind of like, you know, when you just kind of sit and still for a little while, you just start getting a little antsy. You know, you, you just think, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. And so learning to follow the inward witness, this inner knowing on the inside of us. And so learn to pay attention to what you get on the inside of you. There's a higher way for Christians to live, and it's to be led by the Spirit. 
So why is this so important? Because we don't just roll dice just to, you know, hey, what, what do we think we should do? I don't know. Let's roll dice. Uh, you know, if, it, if, it's, if it's snake eyes, we'll do this. If it's this, you know, we don't just, you know, on a whim make a decision. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit, he knows best. Father knows best. And so we always need to listen to what God is saying. You know, there's a thousand and one things we would have never done if we would have listened to the Holy Ghost. And so why, why don't we follow the Spirit of God? Why do people not follow the Spirit of God? Well, I believe there's different reasons. But number one, people have never been taught to do that. They've, they've never been taught to, to, to follow the Holy Spirit. They, they don't even know they are a spirit. And so if you don't even know your spirit, then you don't even take the, the, the um, steps to feed your spirit, to exercise your spirit, and to train your spirit. You know, your spirit can be trained just like your body can. You know, if you read uh, 1 Timothy 4, verse 6 um, through 8, right in that area, he talks about, being nourished up in the words of faith. He says, bodily exercise profiteth a little. Now, people take that verse and they, you know, they really make a doctrine out of that one. You know, I'm not, I'm not working out. I'm not doing anything. You know, the Bible says it doesn't profit. No, the Bible never said that. It said it profits little. If you read the margin, it says for a little while. What does that mean? It's only good for this life. But it's good. The good that you, the little bit that you do, it will profit you. Amen, I'm preaching to myself on that one. And, uh, you know, it's, it's knowledge acted upon that brings results, not just knowledge. <laughs> Amen. So we have to learn to listen to our spirit. Proverbs 20, 27 that we read, the spirit of man is the candle. So what that means is God's going to enlighten us through our spirit. How many times do we, 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 need, to hear, we need to hear from God, don't we? We need to know exactly what to do. We, we need to have the wisdom of God. But how do we do that? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do, Pastor, I'm going to be just like Gideon. I'm going to put out a fleece. I mean, you remember what, what Gideon, he said, you know, Lord, if this is you, then make the dew be on the, on the fleece, but not on the, um, the ground. And so he still didn't know it was God. And then he said, okay, Lord, let's reverse that process. <laughs> Let's put um, the dew on the ground, but not on the fleece. And so God does that too. And um, you say, what's wrong with that? Well, everything. Because in the new covenant, it doesn't say as many as are led by fleeces. They're the sons of God. But you know, we do that. I like what Brother Hagin said in that regard. He said only one time in his ministry did he ever put out a fleece, and he, he got fleeced, he said. So what that scenario looks like in modern vernacular is this. Lord, if you want me to take that job, then, then I want you to have three red cars come by my house. Lord, if you, want me to, if you don't want me to do that, then Lord, shut the door. Now, I've prayed that kind of stuff before. Well, well you, know, you might say, well, God answered my prayer like that. Well, God has mercy on babies a lot of times. And, um, but, but there's a higher way. But here's a, the other thing we have to realize is Satan is the God of this world. How many know he can do things out in the natural as well? So you don't want to depend on the natural. Uh, Lord, you do this and, and I'll know it's you. We learn to follow the knowing. We learn to function in the unction. There should be an unction. You have, First John says this, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. So if you don't have an unction, you don't need to do it. Amen. There should be something that's just a gentle leading. There should be something when you're making a decision, I'm going to obey my spirit. And so, and so maybe I want you to think in your mind when we say obey your conscience, what we're talking about is obeying your spirit. What we're talking about is being spirit-led and not just head-led. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And so we learn to follow what's on the inside. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Paul gives us the threefold nature of man.
that man is not just a physical body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this. He says, your whole spirit and soul and body. So man is a threefold being. So, I mean, why is this so important? Because if you're going to know how God, if you want to know his voice, then you know, have to know how he leads you. You know, is God just, the Lord, you're just going to write something in the sky. Go to this place. You know, like this one farmer guy, and, he, you know, he was, uh, he, he sensed the call of God. And, and here's the thing. The more that you have the, the sense of the call of God, the more that you, you know, you want to fulfill that, you don't, you have to watch about just putting your own interpretation on something. Because people think, well, maybe I'm just supposed to preach. But, but there's, there's so many different things. God needs every person in every walk of life um, to be used by him. So what if everyone was preaching? Then no one would be working and doing other things, you know. You know, ministry is work, and, it's hard, and it can be hard work, so I'm not saying I'm just saying not everyone can be in, in, in their vocation can be that. People, people in, in the oil field, I mean, people in every situation, people that are mechanics, people that uh, work in the stores. You know, every person is important in the plan of God. And so every person has to, to have their place. So, but we have to understand how God's going to speak to me. So as he says here, spirit, soul, and body, realize this. Number one, I am a spirit. I'm a spirit. Amen. So the, the time comes that I step out of my body, what's going to happen? I don't cease to exist. You know, certain religions and, and cults would say, you know, they believe in like annihilation. What's annihilation? That means you just, well, you're just, you're done and there's nothing left. But we're not... And, and, you know, certain cults say that, you know, when you're dead, and this is, this is what they say in their literature, that, you know, you, when you just die, you're just dead like a dog, you know. And, um, you know, I had someone, when I, when I said that one time, someone, they, they asked me and they, they felt really bad because they thought all their animals were going to heaven. If you believe that, that's fine. I don't know everything, okay? Maybe Fido will be there. Maybe your dog Boudreaux will be there too. But dogs are not spirits. They're, they're just, you know, they just, they're a body and they have soul. You know, they have, they have emotions and they're, they're great, you know. But we are a spirit being. That's why we're in God's class because we're, we are a spirit being. And so you just cease to, you don't cease to exist. What happens is you, you die, and then the next thing you'll see is your angel. And he'll say, hey, you ready to go? Hey, you want to you go um, see your mansion right now, or you want to go take the scenic route? You don't go see the rest of the Milky Way out there, you know? Well, what do you, you want to do? Uh, yeah, let's go see that. Amen. There's no fear, you know. There's nothing to be afraid of dying. Amen. For the child of God, there's nothing to fear. You know, the Bible talks in Hebrews about people being their lifetime subject to bondage because of fear. We should have no fear. No fear. Everyone say no fear here. <laughs> and so I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And so what is that? That's your mind. That's your will. That's your emotions. And see, that is important, but that's not what, in the final analysis, we're not supposed to be led by that. What does the Bible say in Proverbs 3? Trust in the Lord with all your mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Now, notice he didn't say don't use your understanding. I mean, praise the Lord you know, for our understanding. You know, when, when 
And, you know, I believe the Lord does give us common sense. I believe the Lord wants us to use common sense. Like Pastor Kenneth Hagin Jr. said, you know, some people, the Lord was giving out brains and he thought they thought they said trains and said, I don't want any. But, you know, God, God gives us sense and, and understanding. You know, there's certain things that the Lord doesn't, he's not offended if you don't pray about, you know, Lord, should I go to Burger King? Should I get the number, should I get the double or the triple? Probably neither, but um, <laughs> should I get this or should I get this? Yeah, he probably says salad. No, no you, um, you, there's certain things that you don't have to, you know, Lord should, you know, stand there. Now, Pastor Rodney tells a story. He was in a place and uh, he was with the minister. And if you know him, I don't know of too many people as quote unquote spiritual. But, you know, being spiritual does not mean being weird. How many know that? It doesn't mean being weird. You're not, you know, rolling your eyes in the back of your head and talking in tongues all the time. You know, you're, you're having visions half the week and, you know, out of body experiences once a month. People that do that, you stay away from them. I'm telling you. You know, that's, that's a little um, excessive. And I believe in God, that God is excessive, but, but um, you know, we do live in a physical body still. And that's why we have to take care of our body. Amen. You can't just push your body. You have to take care of it. And I was going somewhere with that, but um, I'll get back to it in just a moment. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But you know, you know, being spiritual, you know, doesn't mean that, that, that we just, uh, I was talking about um, Pastor Rodney, but, you know, he was uh, in a place one time, and, um, and I, I probably have done stuff almost like this, so I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. <laughs> and um, especially when I was single, you know, thank God for my wife. She's helped me to be more natural, you know, and not, not so super spiritual. I'm serious, you know, and um, she would probably smile, you know, she'd smile when I say that, but um, this guy was, they were sitting at the table with this minister, and, and anyway, they said, sir, um, you know, what would you like with your salad, you know, would you like blue cheese or, or ranch or whatever, he said, oh, blue cheese, and so here he was, this guy stopped, and, and pastor just looked at him like, bro, are you serious, you know? And so I believe in praying about everything, but there's certain things that God gives you understanding about. Um, you, you, go to, um, you go to Pizza Ranch, and, and, and they say, what, what would you like about this? Um, yeah, the um, chicken bacon ranch, please. And so there's certain things that, that, yes, we use our understanding for, but when it comes to the most serious things in life, we're supposed to pay attention to our heart. Pay attention to what you get in your spirit. Amen. So, so when, when I'm praying about something, when I'm, when I'm listening, getting direction from God, I'm not just looking for, you know, the Lord to paint something out here. I'm not just looking, it's going to come from here. But, you know, what's going to happen is going to come from inside and float up to your mind. I like to think of it like this. He gives illumination to my mind and direction to my spirit. So whatever he puts on the inside, that's going to float up to your mind. And you're going to know. You're going to know what to do. Hallelujah. And so, but to do that, to be spirit-led, to, to obey my conscience, to obey my spirit, I'm going to, number one, have to be more conscious of the fact that I am a spirit. And so real quickly, I'm going to give you, um, what is the voice? Realize that our spirit has a voice. What is the voice of your spirit? The voice of your spirit is conscience. Your conscience. The voice of your soul is reasoning. What does that mean? You, you think, you process things. That's the voice. Now, it's not a, a voice you hear out here, but it's, 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 it's what speaks to you. And the voice of your body is feelings. If you don't believe it, just turn to your neighbor and pinch them real quick. That, that, that is the voice of your body. And all too often, that's where people are, are 
the, 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 the voice and the flesh is really turned up. Can't you, you understand what I'm saying? If you don't believe me, just, just uh, miss a couple meals tomorrow. You're, you'll, you'll have a realization that your body is there. Your body's saying, hey, did you forget about me? <laughs> hey, you, you just, just fast a couple of days, you know. Your body will, you'll be all too aware that, that your body is there. But that's a good thing. You know, you, you can take that. That's why fasting and prayer is good because it, it helps you. Number one, it helps you with that spiritual hunger. You know, you know, if you ever just get where you're so persnickety and you just, you don't know what to eat, just miss a couple meals and the golden arches start looking really good, you know. <laughs> so you, you, you pull away from that. And, but when you fast, fasting is not spiritual, it's natural. So you have to combine it with Bible reading and, and prayer. And that's where you can do that and it helps you spiritually. It doesn't move God to, okay, now I'm going to speak to him. But no, what it does, it places you in a position where, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set that aside right now. I'm, I'm setting that aside so I can wait on you. And, and it helps you. I may remember what Jesus said in regards to that demon being cast out of that little boy. He said, this comes forth, comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting. It, actually, Jesus gave the answer why, to their question. Why did this we couldn't do it. He said, because of unbelief. That is the answer. But they, they went straight into a place where they started arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And so that's what fasting does. It helps you with that pride. It helps you with the, 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 the flesh, just to humble yourself. You know, the Bible tells us in, in uh, I believe it's in the Psalms, it talks about humbling your soul with fasting. It, it, it can be a very humbling thing when you I'm going to miss a meal right now. I'm going to set this aside and humble myself. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me ask you, is, is your conscience a safe guide? If you're born again and you're following the Lord, then your conscience can become a, a safe guide. But if you're not born again, then how many remember before, and I don't think too hard, but before you were saved, your conscience would just permit you to do anything. Lie, steal, kill. Do all the things that, that, that are wrong. Why? Because you, you have no, no sense of what's well, what's right, and what's, what's good and what's God. And so, but if you're born again, and you give your spirit the privilege to feed on God's word, <laughs> and you, you let that be your source of information, then what's going to happen is the Word of God is going to be your source. And, and you know, the Bible even says this in Hebrews. It talks about, and Romans as well, and it talks about how that um, people that, that didn't even know God, once they got born again, it talks about the law being written in their hearts. So, you know, people can know, without knowing a scripture, they can know something's right or something's wrong. Why? Because God puts that law on the inside of you. And you just know instinctively by the Holy Ghost, hey, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. Who's ever done that? You, you realize something wasn't wrong, something was wrong, and you didn't know why it was wrong. Well, the, the author of the book is on the inside of you. And so you just know, I, I can't do that. I can't be a part of that. And you know, even with baby Christians, this 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 happens. Why? Because baby Christians, they're very sensitive. You know, there was a, there was a lady, um, well, actually this guy, he was a, this Bible teacher. <clears throat> and um, he, he was going to go to this meeting this, where this evangelist was. And um, anyway, talking about learning to follow your spirit. Now, this was uh, in a denominational church. He had like, oh, I can't even think of how many hundreds of people he had in his Sunday school class. Hundreds and hundreds. And he taught, and so, anyway, this guy was was good for a while, but then he got off into into wrong doctrine. And um, I think this is the same case where they went and talked to the guy and said, "You know, you've been saying some things that that I just I can't really agree on, but what you've said tonight, I'm going to need chapter and verse for that." 
The guy looked at him. Now, this is an evangelist. He said, what I'm preaching, you're not going to find in that thing, talking about the Bible. Well, you got out too far from me, brother. And when you start talking about, you start calling the Bible that thing. So he, anyway, he, um, but it was too late. He lost two or 300 people. And um, they got um, taken away, you know, misled. But there was this little Chinese lady that just got born again that the, she went and the Holy Spirit said, don't ever go back. So she never went back. But why did he know that? Why didn't he? Because he wasn't paying attention. He didn't know that he should pay attention to his spirit. And here's the thing. Sometimes we don't know. Now, in the, in the world, we say we have a hunch. You know, we have a, 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 you have a knowing. And sometimes because we don't know why we know something, we don't follow it. Well, I don't know why. Now, how many, this is the acid test. How many, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many times that, or how many of you have ever had this happen? And then something maybe bad happened or maybe it wasn't catastrophic, but something bad happened and you say, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I should. I think everyone can raise their hand. Well, why didn't, here's the thing. Why didn't we obey that? Well, thank God we can learn, and we can learn to be more sensitive in the days to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But don't, don't unhook with me yet. We, we, got, uh, um, we got some place to go real quick. How many know you got to get to a certain place before you unhook? And so, so as we said, if you're born again, you give your spirit the privilege to feed on God's word, then it becomes a safe guide. But to do that, you need to have a conscience that is clean and a conscience that is clear. Look over in Romans chapter 8. This will be worth you combing your hair and coming out here tonight. Romans chapter 8. The Bible says in verse 1, There is therefore now... Read that next, those next two words with me. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So this condemnation is a confidence killer. You cannot have faith and have condemnation at the same time. The, the, the whole thing with condemnation is being pronounced guilty. And with that guilt is fear. When you have guilt, there's, you're going to have fear. You're, you, you know the ball's going to drop at any time. You know people are going to find out. You know that you're done for. And so you have a fear. And if you have that fear, you can never be free from condemnation. That's why the perfect love casts out fear. And when you understand that God loves you and that God's forgiven you and cleansed you, you're not going to have no fear. You're going to have no condemnation, no guilt. And you're going to have only boldness. <clears throat> so you were, but I want you to understand this. The Bible says no condemnation. When you read this, you know what that actually means? No condemnation? In the Greek, it means none. <laughs> I know that's deep. But it means this. Not even one, none. Not even one. So tonight, are you operating in no condemnation? Are you operating in zero Zero condemnation. If not, then you're not where God wants you to be. Everyone say zero. Zero condemnation. So you remove the condemnation, you remove the guilt, and you remove the fear. You remove that fear of judgment. Who's ever had that happen where you've done something and you knew, Someone's going to find out. You, you realize that, that the ball's going to drop. 
you realize, uh-oh, man, I'm done for. Well, see, that, that fear is going to be there until you get rid of that condemnation. If you have fear, you can't be free from condemnation. But he says here, not even one, none. So as a believer, we should strive to have a clean conscience all the time. Now, the Bible tells us in Acts 24, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says this, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of judgment or void of offense towards God and towards men. So notice Paul says, I, I, ex I exercise myself in this. How, how many know that means it just doesn't fall on you? It doesn't just fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You're not just going to float down life on flowery beds of ease, you know. It's going to be something that you work at. You know, getting a physical body that, that, that you desire to have the condition to be in, it takes work. It takes effort. To get your spirit man built up and exercise your spirit, it takes work and it takes effort. So that's why Paul says, I do exercise myself. To always have, what did, what did he exercise himself to do? He always worked on this, to always have a conscience void of offense towards God. That means there's nothing between me and God. If there's something that I allow, I repent immediately. And I say, God, forgive me for that. If, if, he said also towards men. If I do something to hurt somebody, then I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to say, hey, you know, or if you, if you told a lie. You know, this will break you real quick. <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> you know that thing I told you um, yesterday? Yeah, it was a lie. You do that once or twice, that'll break you real quick when you have to start, you know, telling people that. But, but Paul said, I'm, I'm always striving to have a conscience void of offense. So as far as you know, when you go to bed at night, there's nothing between me and the Lord, and there's nothing between me and someone else. But see, here's what happened. Christians live in, in that, that sense of displeasure with God They're, that, you know, God is not pleased with me because they've muddied the waters. And they're disobedient. You know, if you, if you have disobedience, then, then you can't be free from condemnation. Your, your, your conscience is always going to be bothering you about something. That's why when the Lord deals with you something... Do what he says. Obey. Don't let things just pile up. You know, the devil likes the pile-up technique with where problems are concerned. You have this problem, and then he adds this problem, and then this and this, and it just piles up. You know, it's like in your garage. Things can pile up. And then the Lord says, you know, deal with that. Go, go do that. And while you're at it, go clean that too. You know, spiritually speaking, the same thing. Who, now, who's ever looked for, it's like I heard, I heard a story about this one guy. He was going to work on the car, and it was like three guys, and they're going to work on the car. And they got to this certain point where they needed a certain tool. And the guy said, you know what? I've got at least four of those in here. But it was so disheveled in his garage, he just finally said, okay, Let's just go to the store and buy the part. I mean, buy the tool. He had four of them somewhere in that garage. But he couldn't find it. He couldn't put his finger on it. Who's ever looked at a desk of papers? And you, you, you knew that you had a document somewhere, but you couldn't find it. Oh, I know I've got that insurance paper somewhere. One brave soul raising their hand. <laughs> you, you know it's in there somewhere, but you can't place it. Well, think about this. If you do, if you, if you would just obey those little promptings, then you would know where those things are. Everything has a place. I like to operate by that as much as I can. Everything has a place. But what happens spiritually? When you need direction. Well, you didn't listen to the, the Holy Spirit the last 12 times. So you need some direction. 
But you know, it's so muddied in there, you, you want to put your hand on that direction, but you can't find it. You, you, you need some direct, you need to know what to do, but you can't put your hand on it. You, you know it's in there, and you got four, four other ones in there, but you, you can't put your hand on it. So we have to learn to obey our spirit, obey our conscience. And so you, you always keep, a, and what goes along with that is a tender conscience. Keep your conscience tender. How do you do that? Just by obeying him. By, by not walking in unforgiveness. Hallelujah. And so he says, I keep my conscience clear without offense towards God and towards men. Now I want you to just listen what he says here. This is in Titus 1 verse 15. Listen what Paul said. This is actually the flip side of that verse. Titus 1.15. Unto the pure all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. What we don't want to be is defiled. We don't want to have a defiled mind or defiled conscience. Why? Because you're not going to hear properly. You're not going to have a clean conscience. You're not going to have a conscience that's clear to where the Lord can speak to you. It's always going to be muddy. You don't know, is that God? Is that me? Is that the devil? But be like Paul said, I always exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense. So if you have to call somebody, just call them and say, hey, sorry about that. You know, I've done that to to things that seem silly, but that's okay. At least my conscience was clear. Hey, man, I'm sorry I said that. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Or, you know, it didn't mean a thing to them. But I knew in my spirit that I had to make it right. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> so how, how do I obey my conscience? I'm going to give you four things real quick. <clears throat> Number one, be more spirit conscious. Be more spirit conscious. Realize that now, this is, of course, we have cell phones now. Back in the day with a landline phone. How many remember those? And so, you know, if the phone was over on the wall in, in, in one room, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't help you just to be near the refrigerator. Unless it was next to it. It wouldn't help. Why? You need to be near the phone. You need to be near it. You need to understand that you're a spirit. So you need to be more conscious of the fact God is going to speak here. He's going to, he's going to speak here. So that's why as a spirit-filled believer, praying in tongues is of a great assistance. You know why? Because the Bible says uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, he that speaks in the unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. And, and the Bible goes on to say this, if I pray in an unknown, unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So, you know, praying in tongues is not the Holy Spirit. People think, well, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. Well, it's his inspiration, and he's the one that's giving you the utterance, but it's you talking. Amen. It's you that is talking. So I'm the one that's talking in tongues. The Holy Spirit doesn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he's the one that gives the utterance. So I'm the one that talks in tongues. But, but as you pray in tongues, as I do that, what's happening is my spirit's praying. You know, I've heard testimonies of people in the hospital where, where they, would, they, um, they had an injury, you know, a brain injury or something, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't make the connection. But, you know, your brain is not your mind. If someone, if, if you're surgic, they surgically remove your brain, you'd still have your mind. You just wouldn't be able to function in this realm. That's what that's what the Bible says with Lazarus and the rich man. The Bible says that he, um, you know, he he ended up in hell. And and they said, remember. Well, I thought, you know, if if he couldn't remember, I thought, see, his brain was up there in the in the grave, but he still had his mind. 
But I've heard of people that, that they had lost any motor skills and stuff like that, and, and they couldn't speak. But then they spoke in tongues. Why? Because that's their spirit. They're connected to their spirit. So that's encouraging to me because you can just bypass the mind and just go straight. And, and the Bible says you speak not unto men but unto God. No man understands him. How be in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So you're talking divine secrets. You're, I'm talking secrets with God. That's why the devil, he gets upset. He doesn't know what you're talking about. So praying in tongues helps you to be more spirit conscious. Number two, how do I obey my conscience? Very important. Feed on God's word. The same voice in God's word will be the one who leads you. Remember, the Bible says the word and the spirit, they agree. So God's not going to say um, something in, in his word, and then he's going to tell you something different. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to go to um, rob Western Cooperative. Well, you know, I don't know what happened, you know. The, I just, I was worshiping, praising God, and I just had this leading. Well, you need to use your mind a little bit along with your spirit. That, that leading can't be of God. So the word and the spirit agree. The more that you're in the word, the more that, that voice is going to be fine-tuned. Then number three, maintain a good conscience. <clears throat> now listen to this. Acts 23.1, Paul said this, or it says, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. How many know that Paul... He killed people, though. That's what he professionally did, you know, to church. People that were in the church. But the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And so what happened is, as the old man that Paul was died. And now he's a new creature in Christ. So that's why he could say, see, that's why he could say, I have wronged no man. He said that. He said, I've wronged no man. You know why? Because he had no condemnation. No, not one, none. Amen. When the devil tries to bring, you know, don't, you know, I remember what you did. No, I have no knowledge of that. I'm washing the blood. I have no condemnation, not even one. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And, and when it comes to maintaining a good conscience, like I said earlier, be quick to repent. That's how you keep a good conscience. Be quick to repent. Be quick to forgive. And be quick to believe. Amen. When I, when I read God's word, I, I don't have to think about it for 12 months. I, I make the decision, I believe. You know, people say, well, I can't, I don't even, I don't even say the, the phrase, I can't believe that. If it's something that, You'd be better just saying, I choose not to believe that. But, but you can believe anything you want to. I can believe anything. I can, I can choose to believe God's word. Hallelujah. And so once you do those things, you practice those things on a daily basis, it's something you exercise. Then number four, follow the promptings of the spirit. Follow the promptings of the spirit. Don't go there. You just, you have a, a green light. Now, someone explained it like this. It's like a good velvety-like feeling. Just a, you know, just a good feeling on the inside. You're praying about it. You're, you're looking at it and you're saying, that's why you have to inquire of the Lord and ask the Lord. Lord, should I do this? Should I? And you may not have the answer right away, but as you do, you have a lack of a better word. You have a good feeling on the inside of you, in your spirit. That's the go-ahead. That's the, but have, have you ever just felt like knotted up in your, in your gut? You know, you just like, man, that just, it's like a stop sign. It's like a, it's like a dead-end street, like a, a one-way street, a dead-end, an alley, you know. And you just feel really bad on the inside. That's the, the, the no. That's the Holy Spirit saying, no, don't go that way. You learn to obey that. You learn to follow that, and that's your, that's your conscience. Amen. You, you, you don't want to ever, do you know that the Bible talks about 
you talked about your conscience being defiled. The Bible also said talks about people whose conscience was seared with a hot iron. It's like the the, the this one guy I heard about. He um, he took this um, back in the um, olden days, like a wood stove, and and took this boiling hot coffee that was boiling there, poured it in this big mug, and just turns it up and drinks the whole thing. Well, the guy that was with him, he just like hollered out like, "Oh my gosh." But, you know, the first time he did that, he couldn't do that. But after he, after he did that more and more, he seared the, the, the tissues in his esophagus and, and go, you know, going down into where he could do that now. Same thing if you work with your hands and your hands get calloused. You know, there's people that their hands get so calloused, they'll take like a pocket knife and just dig in there and just, you know, peel stuff out. Why? Because it's lack of feeling. You, you don't want to be like that towards God. That's why anything, the Bible talks about return unto me and I'll return unto you. Come back to your first love. So that's why we always want to be tender in our heart. You know, when, when, when you're tender in your heart, lack of a better word, like, like tears flow easily. I'm not talking about tears of depression. I'm, I'm talking about tears of, of joy and tears of, of, of just being sensitive. Amen. And if you'll do that, you'll, you'll be in a place to where the Lord can speak to you. You'll be in a place where God will speak to you and he'll, he'll keep you and he'll warn you and he'll lead you. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, stand up and just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you tonight that, Lord, that you speak to us and Lord, I thank you that, that we grow more and more in the fact that, Lord, you desire for us to be spirit-led, not head-led or feeling-led, but, Lord, I thank you that each one of us would grow from, from this point on. Teach us, Lord, how to be led by your Spirit. Teach us how to follow the Holy Ghost. And teach us, Lord, how to, to uh, train our spirit. And, Lord, even if we need, if you need to, 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 to send other people our way to show us, Lord. Lord, we're open. We're open to your direction. We're open to your correction. And we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for leading us in the, in the days to come. Thank you, Lord, that we'll be spirit-led and we'll be in the right place at the right time. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because if you're not open to the Lord's correction, you'll never be open to his direction. Amen. And some people think they never need correction in life. You know, you need correction until the day you, you quit breathing.